0: Good morning, good morning. Ain't it a great morning outside? I mean, it's a beautiful morning, and we're going to be talking about gardening, which is Perfect. It's just perfect. Hey, I'm horticulturist Felda Rushing, and you've tuned in to the Gestalt Gardener, which is a a garden party. It's a it's a party uh, produced by Mississippi Public Broadcasting. My uh, producer is Java Java Chapman, Java Sir Java. We're gonna be t- having fun for the next hour. So I've got a, a few of things that are going on. Some some interesting events you might be interested in. Got a couple of emails that I think uh, are, are germane to everybody, but mostly it's a call. Oh, and I got a cheesy tune. Oh, really cheesy tune. But uh, mostly it's a call-in program, folks. So for the next hour or so, let's just sit back, grab a cup of coffee, uh, wipe some of the pollen off your eyebrows, and we're going to spend a little bit of time right after this short break learning how we can all get together and get dirty.
1: We'll be right back. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie dokie,
0: folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing, and if I sound like I got a husky voice. Because of the, it's because of the pollen. <laughs> the, the oaks in central Mississippi are pretty much finished. You know, they're well done on the Gulf Coast and pretty well finished here in central Mississippi, across the Meridian and Vicksburg, maybe up to Carthage. But uh, they're really hitting their stride up in north Mississippi. So, folks, it's headed your way. And um, I just wanted to, uh, job, let me ask you this. Is this a short stop button? Is that a cough button? If I got a cough, if I push that thing, will it?
2: yeah you know, when if you have to cough, you push the button and then mute your microphone okay. so you're not you know hacking on air.
0: Okay, so and if I if I if I have a nasty word, I just got to say I can push it for that too, right? No,
3: I, I, I handle it back here.
0: <laughs> well, folks, we're going to be talking about gardening for the next little while. If you've got some things that's on your mind, some some things you've you've heard about it or want to give a try, or maybe you got second thoughts about it, or maybe it's something I've said and you just want to uh, call me up about it, I'm I'm okay with that. I'm not hard headed. I'm always willing to learn new stuff, but I'm gonna stick with. With what I know as best I can, uh, anyway, for the next little while, it's just a garden party. I'm Not gonna tell you anything. Uh, don't care who you are, what your mama's looking like, or whether you got clothes on or not. This is the the only venue that I know of in in this part of the country where uh, you don't have to belong to, you don't have to be a joiner, you don't have to you know pay dues or come to meetings or you know any of that kind of stuff. It's just a place where people who have one thing. Particular in common. That's that's gardening, landscaping, lawn care, trees, shrubs, vegetables, herbs, uh, container plants, indoor plants, uh, wildflowers. You know, if you're interested in plants and gardening and growing them and cultivating them and sharing with other people, then uh, you are part of this party. And you, all you got to do is give us a call. It's toll free one eight seven seven MPB ring, and uh, that'll get you own. And We're going to be talking about nothing but gardening, like I say. Uh, there are a few things going on right now that I, I think would be of interest to folks. Uh, events coming on. There's a couple of three this weekend, and several starting up next week. And it gets really crazy for for April. Uh, let me just throw a few of them out. Let's see if I can find them real quick. I had them here someplace where where I had just sent them to myself. And uh, there's I, I, for example, I'm going to be in. Um, Uh, On the Gulf Coast tonight, I'm going to be at the library in Kiln, Mississippi, Kiln, K-I-L-N, where Brett Farr is from, Uh, at the library, start at 6 o'clock. It's going to be a free program. We're going to be talking about all about garden container gardening and and herbs and stuff like that. So hang on, hang on. I'm going to see if this button works. Did it work? All right. You couldn't hear that? I'm going to need that. Whew, the pollen is great. Uh, anyway, I'm going to be at the Kiln Library at 6 o'clock th- this evening. And then in the morning, tomorrow morning, I'm going to be at the library at Bay St. Louis at 10 o'clock. Again, a free program. I'm going to be talking about gardening and, and chewing the fat and kicking stuff around with you. So if you're interested in that, Kiln and Bay St. Louis. Look forward to seeing y'all. Uh, this could be a, a really interesting conference. I wish I could go to it at Crosby Arboretum in Picayune uh, tomorrow morning, March the 30th, Native Plants for the Landscape Seminar. They're going to have one on hummingbirds and butterflies and monarchs and stuff like that in the afternoon. But uh, Crosby Arboretum starting at 10 o'clock, Native Plants for the Landscape. And there's also going to be a really cool plant swap, one of the coolest plants. And I went to the the oldest plant swap, In the known universe yesterday at the Flora Library north of Jackson, a little tiny uh, library in Flora. They have the oldest continuous plant swap twice a year uh, in the known universe, and we had a blast. A lot of fun people, uh, people never been to one before, old hands, but they're swapping plants and getting things and mostly seeing the kind of stuff that grows well enough for people to want to share it, and they're easy to share with each other. Anyway, this could be the Central Pres, uh, the, the the Central Presbyterian Church there in Mobile in the parking lot. It's a big deal. It's free. If you got a plant, bring one. If you don't, they got plenty. But uh, it's in the parking lot. It Starts at ten o'clock at Central Pres Church in Mobile uh, Saturday morning. It's a lot, a lot of fun. Uh, next weekend, uh, th- th- those are things that I know of this weekend. Uh, library stuff and native plants seminars. Plant swap and mobile. Next week, I'm going to be at the Max, downtown Meridian. It's going to be a little, we're going to have a big plant swap there. Going to do a little talk about plant swaps and pass along plants, swing by the farmer's market. But that's going to be at the Max, which is right downtown Meridian. It's a wonderful, wonderful new venue. A lot of art and artists and musicians uh, on display there. And then right after that, I'm going to leave and head straight up the road to New Albany. They have a garden festival uh, every year. And uh, at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I'm going to be giving a program there at the uh, fairgrounds in New Albany for their garden fest. So those are some things I've got coming up. There's a few other things uh, that, that we'll talk about later, but we've got more time next week to talk about them, too. Meanwhile, this is what we do best, and that's talk about gardening with real folks. We're going to, going to uh, Madison and talking with Avery. Good morning, Avery. How are you? Yeah,
3: i'm great uh i've got a question uh i'm interested in putting out some uh
0: chestnut trees
3: on my farm and uh i'm wondering if
0: there's a variety
3: uh here in mississippi and where could i get them
0: yeah that's a good question i don't i don't know if there are different varieties of chestnuts there probably are but you know because we don't grow a lot of them here i know they grow here but um I don't know. I can't recall any specific varieties that might be better than others. Uh, I tell you what, though, if you, uh, and, and, and by the way, in central Mississippi or in the whole state, the place that specializes in fruits, different kinds of fruits, and fruits that do well is a garden center in Jackson called Hutto's. You know, most garden, most garden centers sell, you know, the usual stuff. But Hutto's specializes in a wide variety of different kinds and the right varieties. And if they don't have chestnuts, uh, they can get some for you. But meanwhile, if you can, Avery, if you can shoot me an email, I've, I've got a little handout that I, I, I put together, several pages on great fruit plants. And chestnuts are on it. I just need to check and see if it's got variety. If not, I need to do a little research and add some. And I'll send oh. that to you.
3: Okay. Thanks a lot,
0: Felder. Okay. Appreciate it. Good luck. Hey, and if it if it works out, I want to follow up on it too. Thanks. <laughs> okay. All righty. Now let's go to uh, Hattiesburg. Hey, Joel. Good morning.
3: Hey Felder, how's it going? So
0: far, so good. I had a blast last Saturday afternoon in Hattiesburg. There was a huge crowd there talking about yard art and stuff. So anyway, oh, well, yeah, I know. had
3: some friends that had some entries there. Uh, one of my buddies built some birdhouses. With well, the birdhouses, yeah, that it's was uh, pretty it was, good. It was, yeah. it
0: was, and you know, and it's it's really weird because so many different kind of people get together for for a venue like that. It's not like football or or symphony or something. These are really truly uh, scattered type of people getting together, having some fun around birdhouses.
3: Oh, we're lucky in Hattiesburg. A lot's going on this, this Re- way down there. It
0: really, so. really is. Well, what's, what you got going on?
3: I just wanted to give you a shout and let you know I'm riding around in my truck with a few sprigs of rosemary on the dashboard <laughs> uh, just to kind of help freshen things up a bit. And uh, how, how, much, you know,
0: how much freshening up do they need, Joel?
3: I tell you what, uh, <laughs> when you only wash your truck, About twice a year, you have to keep it fresh every once in a while. I
0: understand.
3: So anyway, uh, you know, um, instead of buying something at the store, pick a sprig of basil or rosemary or something that smells nice, throw it in your car, and there you go.
0: Yeah, you know, and and it's a really good idea uh, because, you know, I grow these things in my yard just because I think they're pretty plants, and i grab some, and and somebody's going to be riding with me. I like to just take a sprig of rosemary and just, like, beat it on the dashboard just to release those oils, rub it on the seat so people think I smell better.
3: Yeah it's, yeah, it's 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 very convenient, and and you know if you're in the garden, you just pick a couple of sprigs and yeah, nothing to it. Doesn't cost you anything, and there you go.
0: Yeah, well, I'm not trying to run up you. I'm really not. But you know, I drive an old '88 Ford F-150 with stuff planted in the back, including herbs. I've
3: seen it. Well, you know,
0: it's got those little sliding windows in the back of the cab, and all i got to do is slide one of those windows open, and the wind (laughs) blows it in, you know. But, unfortunately, (laughs) it also blows in some of the other plants that smell like dirty Uh, socks. (laughs) Man, you were... But just trying to have some fun, you know. Just uh, and and if if your friends are okay with it, if you're okay, if your ego is intact, you can also get one of those little cup holders like that that hangs on your your you know your window, little plastic oh, yeah. cup holder, and get you a little mason jar and just keep some fresh cut flowers in there. You know, the worst that can happen is people talk about you, but oh well. <laughs> They're
3: gonna do it anyway.
0: Thank you, thank you, appreciate that, time. Joel. Hey, that's a good little cheery thing. Thank you so much for sharing. One eight seven seven MPB ring, folks. We're going to be talking about gardening. I'm a horticulturist fellow Russian. Java's in there, looking at me, looking at him, looking at me, and and uh, Kevin Farrell's in there greeting everybody on the phone, and he just greeted a lady named Anne from Brandon. Hey, Ann, good morning. Morning. Howdy. What's up?
4: Uh, I had a question about tomatoes. Uh, would you recommend starting them from plants or seed? And we were we were going to either put them in containers or. Uh, we
5: may build a, a raised bed. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, a couple of things. You know, let's let's take them in backwards order. A raised bed is a good idea, and it doesn't have to be big, and it doesn't even have to be a, a short up. It could just be an area, maybe three or four feet across. Uh, you know, square, rectangle, or whatever, make a nice little edge around it, dig the dirt up and add enough stuff to it to sort of mound it up like a pitcher's mound. And if you want to shore it up around the edges with wood or wine bottles or bricks or whatever you want to, to make it pretty and easier to take care of. But that's all a raised bed. It's not a pot sitting on top of the ground. It's the dirt that's been dug, shoveled so deep, stuff added so it's partly sunk. And partly raised. Uh, That way you don't have to water so much in the summertime. So that's a real advantage of a raised bed is you don't have to water as much as a container or something sitting on top of the ground. But to answer your question about the tomatoes, I like to buy mine. Because I don't plant many. Same thing with peppers. Uh, and by the time you buy a package of seeds, you could have gotten a couple of plants. So if you're just going to grow one or two or three or four plants, just pick out some different varieties that you like instead of buying the whole packet of seed and you know growing 20 plants of all the same thing. So there's advantages of both. Uh, if you're growing a lot, seed is easier. If you're growing a few, you can choose a few different varieties for the cost of a couple of packets of seeds.
4: Oh, okay, okay. Uh, so, when when do you recommend plants, maybe? Well, it's still,
0: if you if you've got a container, you can plant container stuff and even raised bed stuff now because that soil has warmed up. But regular dirt still kind of kind of cold. Uh, so, I would wait until you know another week or two before I started planting stuff in real dirt. A lot of people already got it out there, but their plants a little bit stunted because of that cold. Uh, and when we get rain, it's still cold. So typically sometime the first part of April is a good time to, to plant stuff because the soil has warmed up. And that's important. Hey, let me throw this out, Ann. When you're planting these things, uh, you know, tomatoes need cages or they need to be staking and tied. Um, and if you get the type that's called a bush type, they're called determinate. They sort of determine how big they get. Bush type tomatoes can be put in one of those little cages and that's all you need to do. But the indeterminate of the vine types, they keep getting bigger, longer, and you got to keep tying them and adding. So you know, there's two different approaches. If you're not sure about it, I'd start with a little bush type or determinate type of. There's one called Celebrity that's real popular, and that's a good way to sort of get your your feet wet with tomatoes, so to speak. Oh, thanks. More than everyone ever wanted. stick a basil plant. Out there, put your little pepper plant, put your marigold. Turn it to a. You don't just plant vegetables. Have fun. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Good looking, on Ann. Yeah, shoot me an email if you need to. Wait so you're
4: saying I should plant basil in there with the tomatoes. Yeah,
0: you can plant oh. a tomato and a. Ba- if you got a big pot that's big enough for you to barely put your arms around, you can grow a tomato plant and a pepper plant and a basil plant and some kind of little flower. Okay. It's a, a, a bouquet in a pot. That's that's the way I do it. Have fun with it, Ann. And uh, by the way, folks, if you do that and something dies, <laughs> nobody can tell. And we got all sorts of stuff that... Uh, that's going on right now. A lot of things blooming. The Grancy Graybeard, well, the American Fringe tree, is starting to bloom. The Ajuga is blooming. The little wildflowers. People are starting to mow their grass, and the wildflowers are magically disappearing. A lot of stuff going on right now, and we're just about at the time when I would recommend starting to fertilize the lawn. I haven't done it yet. And there's no hurry on it. But if you are thinking about doing this weekend, it eh, might might be a pretty good weekend, not sure. I would not spray weeds though, because they're too big. The weed killer's not gonna work. It can damage your grass while it's greening up right now. So just fertilizer and mow the weeds, the wildflowers. Leave a few for the birds and the bees and the and the bunny rabbit. I'm horticulturist Fella rushing here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We're gonna take a really, really quick break and come back and talk with you about gardening.
1: This is MVB Think Radio. All right, you know what, though, folks? It is uh, it's time for the Atmos Energy Tip of the Day, which reminds you to call 811 at least two days before you dig uh, to have uh, underground utility lines located and marked. I've done this. It's smart. All right, so, Dale, it's your turn for the tip of the day. This is for you beginners out there, the Mm. ones that um, don't have a lot of hammer experience, hammer and nail Mm. experience, and and banging those hands up. What you do, if you're going to nail something, and you have your nails and your hammer, and like I say, you don't want to bang those hands, you can take a straight tooth comb and and set that nail there and get it started and slide it back and go ahead and nail the nail without um, your hands ever even getting banged up. That's genius. It's absolutely genius. Let me, let me help with the younger folks. Combs are what yeah. people used to use to brush or comb their hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not the finger combs. But right, right, right. <laughs> uh, I mean, really, how often do you see them? Oh, that's true. But, yeah, nothing great you can still buy those. Huh? You can. You can. I've seen them, but that is a fantastic idea, Dale. So a way to save your fingers, you put that nail within the teeth of the comb to hold it to the wall and then go after it with a hammer so you don't lose a thumb. That's it,
2: smash, 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 there we go. All right, there's your tip of the day. For more DIY advice, download the MPB Public Media app and listen to Fix It 101 anytime.
0: All righty, folks, welcome back. horticultures fellow Ruskin here, and if our callers could give me just a minute, I want to share a couple of things that are going on right now. Uh, One is that I I went to this plant swap in Florida yesterday with my friend Jesse Yancey. He's the gorilla gardener who gardens on a street corner in Jackson. He has the biggest mustard plant I've ever seen. It's, It's taller than me with the flowers. The leaves are wash bucket size. They're huge. Uh, a little garden. But anyway, and my twin sister is blooming a little bit early, but uh, lots of buds left for the rest of the month. I got a red amaryllis blooming that I rescued from an abandoned house down the street. Hispanic bluebells, another great old pass plant that spreads and multiplies and doesn't give a toss about the summer or winter weather. Yesterday, I dug some holes ahead of time for planting some cypress trees in palmettos for my son and daughter-in-law. Um, my son is a... Uh, army captain. Uh, He's deployed. He'll be home in November. So I I got some cypress trees he wanted me to plant for him while he's gone. And I went ahead and dug the holes ahead of time yesterday, watered them real good. So next week, it'll be nice and creamy. I like to dig holes ahead of time because hard work is done. Uh, Would like to give a shout out to Lexington and Hattiesburg and Carrollton. I had a fantastic time at last weekend's Festival of Flowers and Mobile. What a a great crowd for both talks and picked up some plants while they're from own garden and share with some friends on the way back i gave this talk to the really big crowd in hasburg about yard art and uh, met a couple of wonderful gardeners um but uh i really wanted to to say that the big turnout for my talk in Carrollton was a real blessing L- lots of earnest small town gardeners who won't be talked down to. You can't talk through my hat when I'm around folks from a small town like I was raised in, but I want to give a special shout-out to Estelle Cooper, known by all as Meemaw. She was there, 99 years old, eyes still clear as the sky, lovely smile, soft hands, but uh, Meemaw, Estelle Cooper, appreciate uh, having a chance to chat with you. Uh, Next week's uh, newspaper column is about party girls, the azaleas, and other really showy springtime things, but... um, other than that, there's a, a few events going on. I'll talk about them in a few minutes. But meanwhile, let's go do what we do best, and that's to talk with folks about gardening. we can start out in Brandon. Hey, Mary, thank you for holding. What's up?
4: Good morning. Howdy. I have a question. I'm, I'm transplanting some different plants from my mother's yard, um, iris and things like that. Uh-huh. We also have hydrangeas, and I was wondering... Could I take cuttings from
0: those and root them? And yeah, Yes, yes, you can. If you've got a little time, the hydrangeas have already started up, you know, budding out, leafing out. It would be better to let that growth kind of get a little tough, kind of mature a little bit. But in other words, the real tender, floppy stuff right now doesn't root as well, and more likely to suck itself dry. So if you could, if you wanted to try to root some of last year's stems, you know, the last uh, foot or so of a branch, break off all the the buds of the new growth. they it, will put new stuff out, but but uh, if it's got real floppy stuff on it, I snip that off. But if you could wait another month or so till this year's growth kind of toughens up a little bit, that roots a whole lot better. Okay,
4: and then so... How
0: would I root it? Uh, well, you know they they root in moist potting soil. You know, they, you know, they, every hydrangea you see anywhere was grown from a cutting kept in moist potting soil, but uh, and and they they root from cuttings taken in the winter or the late spring or summer, just not right now. Uh, You want pieces. Uh, I don't remember if hydrangeas root at the leaf joints like like some plants or whether they root up or down the stem like roses and crepe myrtles, but uh, make the cuttings long enough to have at least one leaf joint in the potting soil and one leaf joint out. The one in will root. The one out will sprout out. But two or three uh, leaf joints with one or two in the potting soil. Okay. Thank if you. if you need a little bit more, you know, information, I can a whole lot more detail, real real quick, in an email. Really can. Okay. But that, that's 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 the gist of it. Okay, appreciate your call, and now let's slide up to Memphis, Tennessee. Hey, Linda, thank you for holding. Well, thank you for taking my call. Yeah, well,
4: thank you. Well, I tell you, um, can you suggest any primers for for uh, garden or wannabes? I'm I'm a country girl. I grew up in a little town called Terrell, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. But I've been a city girl for the last thirty years. But now, you know, I'm I'm getting ready to retire, and I want to garden. But <laughs> I, you know, things have changed so much. I don't know where to get started. Yeah.
0: Well, and, and for what it, to answer your question, Linda, I, I can recommend some things, but it hasn't really changed that much. It's still the way it was done 150, 1,000 years ago. You dig a hole, put something in the green side up, water it, and get started. And the trick is, do you add a little stuff to your dirt and what kind of plants you put in the hole, sun or shade, little things like that. And every gardening book covers all that, sometimes in so much detail it can frustrate somebody. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm going to do something that I rarely do. I've been uh, doing this radio program since 1983. I rarely recommend anything that I've written myself because I'm just not – I don't want to come across that way. But I wrote a book called Slow Gardening, and it has – it only has three paragraphs about soil preparation because I wrote about stuff like I do it myself. I cut out all the the bells and whistles, what horticulturists say, and, you know, but it's got uh, also about – Appreciating wildflowers and the importance of garden art—it's little, it's little vignette things that have quality of life, but it's got a good bit of how-to in it.
4: Well, that's what else would I like? I'm a nurse, and so I. That appeals to me most you, definitely.
0: You, you know, medical manuals versus the online stuff which you can't trust versus something that somebody you know tells you about. That's what slow gardening is. I'm not, And you can get it cheap on Amazon.com. Use one for like okay. $3. So it's not like I'm making money. But that's a good yeah. one to, to have the overview of gardening for somebody who just wants to relax a little bit. Uh, that is, and
4: that is what I want uh, to do. Yeah. Now,
0: I appreciate now, it. Now, otherwise, i got to mention this. The Extension Service uh, there, there in Shelby County has got some great publications that pretty well cover all the stuff you know and the folks there at the Memphis Botanic Garden have got people who will show you how to do stuff for free see so okay. so that that's a good place to go meet some of the folks there at the, at the Botanic Garden uh, get a couple of publications when they have a plant sale or uh, something like that go there and you'll meet some good people who will show you the best way to get started
4: well, I appreciate that so much, and, I, and I'll, I'll, I'll keep listening because I, I enjoy this so much. Okay, and Lynn,
0: anytime you have questions, anytime at all, I'm I'm a I've got dirt under my fingernails. I took a shower this morning and <laughs> used soap and everything, but just walking in, I got dirty fingernails from digging up some ajuga on the side on the side of the road. It was an old fashioned ground cover that was just growing into cracks. I'm taking it home. So if you want to email me anytime, I'll be glad to give you some pretty straightforward, bottom line: how to why I do it type of stuff I
4: appreciate it so much okay God bless
0: you. thank you appreciate it and that nurse you've been a nurse bless you that's a weird job it's a hard one too uh our email by the way folks is garden at mpbonline.org now let's go to uh looks like uh Jane in Madison hey Jane thank you for holding I really appreciate it
4: well thank you Felder I appreciate you yeah what's up oh. Well, I have three different plants, but the same situation in each one. Okay, the three plants are first of all Tithonia.
0: Yep. Asclepia, wait, 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 wait. Mm-hmm. Tithonia. You, it's okay. not. It's not in your yard yet, is it?
4: No. Okay. I have okay. to do that by seed.
0: Right, right, right.
4: Okay, Tithonia, Asclepias, but not tuberosa. You you're know, the common one. Yeah. And also papyrus. Yeah. Now, all these plants grow very tall, Yeah. and my garden is not suited for very tall.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: There is no dwarf uh, variety that I know of.
0: There is a dwarf tithonia. The Mexican sunflower does come in a dwarf.
4: I can't find it anywhere. I've looked mm-hmm. in um, well, it, all the seed catalogs, you name it.
0: Well, it, it, yeah. But even the dwarf is a big one. Okay. So so right. what, what can I help you with on these?
4: All right. What I'd like to do is cut them all back when they get bushy. Will they still bloom at a shorter and well, having a shorter stature?
0: Well, the, the Tithonia will, and or or, or you can switch over. And it's a great plant. Or you can switch over, slightly change your approach, and use you know one of the more compact type of zinnias, which has the same butterfly qualities. You well, know.
4: I you know what I'm loaded with zinnias too. But I really want this tithonia.
0: Yeah, well, and it it really wants to get big. But you can prune it and, you know, shear it just like you would a marigold plant or a zinnia. You can shear it, and they'll put out new growth. Same thing with the uh, the asclepias, the butterfly. Now, is this the one they call tropical milkweed? It's got yellow and and red on it. Yellow and red, right. See, now, you can let that grow up tall and skinny, or you can cut it and bush it out, and you can also root the cuttings. It's easy to root, and it blooms nonstop on new growth, which is a real advantage. Over the over the the other ones, uh, but the uh, the papyrus, uh, right? You know that's just every one of those. That's just a long leaf with leaves that leaf salt with leaves at the end. Not really right. much way you could cut. There are dwarf papyrus plants. I know that for a fact.
4: There are, but I I went ahead and uh, it's been in the ground for several years. it's a tall one. Well,
0: so, but but there's no way to cut that. Basically, you just you know it just has leaves come up from the ground. So all you basically do is just thin out the leaves you don't like. But it's okay. not a shrub. It it's you know it will put up new leaves from the ground, but it doesn't bush out where you cut it like the other ones do.
4: Perfect. Okay, that's my question. Thank you.
0: Well, I think thanks. I'm
4: good to go. Sa-
0: sa- sound like you're loading yourself up with some chores.
4: That's okay. I love dirty fingernails. I I never get a manicure because it wouldn't do one bit of good.
0: Sweet. Thank you for calling, <laughs> Jane. Appreciate okay. it.
4: Okay. Okay. Bye.
0: Oh, I've got the worst cough. Uh, she was talking about stuff that's making hang on, hang on, push this Ooh, That was great. A matter of fact, we've got a Michael on the line. Michael, ask your question and make it long so I can catch my breath.
3: Um, hi. Uh my name's Mike. Um I have got this huge wisteria in the front of the house. Uh, We cut it back, but uh, the uh, the flowers and everything are, you know, growing real nice and pretty. But my problem is bumblebees. Yeah. The bumblebees seem to love this stupid plant. Yeah. I mean, there's always, I live by the woods, and there's always bumblebees around. But right now, there are a ton of bumblebees. Yeah, and they're all over this wisteria. Right. Now, I don't like just indiscriminately killing things, but, you know, these bumblebees are, you know,
0: uh, yeah. well, here, well, they're kind of dangerous. So, well, okay. Uh, okay. Hang on they're, a second. They're, they're, first of all, they're really not dangerous. A bumblebee, if you catch it in your hand, it will sting. But if you don't, you, I mean, they're not aggressive at all. They're probably the meekest moth. They might be scary, but they're not aggressive at all. So I, you know that I, I, they they might bother you a little bit, but they're not going to sting you unless you actually physically try to catch it. I'm real sure of that. But okay. se- but second of all, the wisteria flowers they only last for a couple of weeks and then they're gone. See, so well, they've,
3: they've been around for. Well,
0: yeah, I guess a couple of weeks so far. Yeah, and you know, uh, and the bumblebees move on to other stuff. So now, do you have this on a wooden arbor by any chance? No. Okay, because there's a carpenter bee that looks like a bumblebee that digs into the wood. Uh, that's a whole different thing. But anyway, these things they will not sting unless you actually grab one, and it's hard to grab one if you ever try it. So, uh, yeah, they, they move uh, pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, they they, they absolutely, uh, they're worse than cats about ignoring people. So if you try to catch one, you're not going to be able to. And if you accidentally catch one, it'll sting you, so just don't.
5: Okay. And, and, okay. and meanwhile,
0: just take your glass, quench your eyes when you walk past it, and you won't even see them.
3: Okay. Seriously. But okay. I,
0: I wouldn't kill them at all. They're among the most beneficial creatures out there. They really are.
3: Okay. Okay. Well... Then I won't try to kill.
0: Them. Calm down, Michael. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, I appreciate you calling, and, and don't worry about it. They'll they'll be gone soon enough.
5: Okay, okay. Oh, you Thanks. bet. Okay.
0: All right. Do we have time to take another call? No we? Well, let's do this music. Uh, if Jerry, if you'll hang on, I got. I came across a cheesy tune by a guy named Tim Wilson, who normally sings kind of bawdy stuff. He's a he's the the late Tim Wilson. If you're familiar with him, he's a body comedian. <laughs> well, there's your problem. You know, that kind of guy. But he sang a tune about people giving their kids dirt pills because the kids don't spend enough time outside. They don't have dog dew do on their shoes. They don't have scrapes and things like that. And they're always sick because they haven't been outdoors enough. So this is a tune by the late, great Tim Wilson called The Dirt Pill. I'm a horticulturist, to Rushie. Me and Java... And uh, Kevin, we're going to take a little quick break and come back with more of the Gestalt Gardener and your phone calls right after this. If you want to email us, garden at mpbonline.org.
2: Dustin, they've been feeding that young and dirt pills. Cause the earth is about to eat that boy alive. The only thing he ain't allergic to is doctor bills. But the envelopes they mail him in are giving him the hives. Better get that boy immune and better get him there pretty soon. Cause he went outside and he almost died, cause he ain't no Daniel Boone. That poor little boy could use a little dog do on the shoes. Better catch a cold, cause a six-year-old can't live like I would use. Little Dustin, they've been feeding that youngin' dirt pills. Cause his daddy's sick of him always being sick. They done nailed the doors and closed up all the windowsills. Some dirty dope his mama's hopin' just might do the trick. Get a little mud on the clothes, start drinking from the hose. Get shorter pants so the flies can sting in between the toes. Less videos on the brain, more spaghettios in the veins. Start riding a bike, cause the boy is starting to look like John McCain. Little Dustin have been feeding that young and dirt pills. Too often he's been coughing when he breathes. The only friend he's trusting in has been a drill. When he wallows down on the ground, it only makes him wheeze. Better get that boy to school and quit worrying about the stool. Don't check for worms and all the germs that's swimming in the public pool. The boy better start climbing trees, get bit by the flies and fleas. And if you like, we'll yell this attack after we hear him out. Little Dustin, they've been feeding that young and dirt pills. Cause every day the boy's been feeling bad.
0: All righty, folks, welcome back. Horticulture's Felder Rushing. Uh, One one quick email I got this week. Uh, uh, Jimmy Staring says, I've heard that rosemary and peppermint plants repel mosquitoes. If this is true, can peppermint, rosemary, and hanging baskets on the front porch keep the mosquitoes away? And the answer is, nope. You got to rub the stuff and get the oil on you. The oil repels up. The oils are sealed up in the leaves until you bruise them or crush them, and actually rub it on your skin. They won't kill. They won't repel mosquitoes. They won't. And I know a lot of people are gonna. No, ain't nobody gonna argue about that because that's true. That's true. I would like to remind folks, I am gonna be at the library in Kiln, K I L N, Mississippi, uh, down near the coast tonight at six o'clock, and Saturday morning I am gonna be at the the uh, library there at uh, Bay St. Louis. Let me double-check. I think it's Bay St. Louis. Uh, yes, Bay St. Louis, 10 o'clock. And then um going to be at the Meridian Max next Saturday with a plant swap. And that's going to be a whole lot of fun. Uh, meanwhile, let's go back to the phone calls. I've been uh, neglecting them for a while. Let's talk to Jerry from Ashland. Jerry, appreciate you hanging on for so long. What's up, man?
3: Uh, it's, it's never a problem to wait for you, sir. Uh, Thank you. Uh, about your gardening book, one of my favorite gardening books was by a lady named Ruth Stout.
5: She's oh yeah. Cast.
3: Yeah. But, uh, if someone cares to look up her stuff, it's also very good. I, yeah. I have a I have a giant big tree in my backyard and I'm not sure when and how to prune it. Uh sometimes it it produces a, a bounty or sometimes it produces nothing. So maybe you yeah. can give me a clue.
0: Yeah, it's probably a variety called brown turkey and they're kinda iffy, you know, it's the standard variety and sometimes they produce, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they have a second crop. Uh but anyway, here's the deal. On the uh, on they produce on what grows this spring, if it grows off of what grew last year. So in other words, if you'll follow the stuff from the tip of the brass back to where it started a year ago, what are you doing?
3: I'm putting up shelves. Okay.
0: <laughs>
3: well, I'm to you and I'm putting up shelves in my garage.
0: Yeah, you know, and you're using a hammer instead of a drill? What's the matter with you?
3: I've got drills. <laughs> Just tell me about my dadgum figs, okay. will you? I'll, take, I'll do the
0: carving, you do the garden. <laughs> you are absolutely right. You, know, you just made the Hall of Fame on calling me out on that one. Anyway, follow from the tip back to where it started a year ago and leave some of that. You, know, you can cut about half of that back. And uh, you can cut whole limbs and, and trunks back to the ground. And they'll sprout back out, but they won't have figs this year. So what mo- most people do is they'll cut some back close to the ground, let them sprout out this year, and leave some to have figs this year, and the next year cut the ones that left. You know? So
3: the, to repeat, the, the figs grow on this year's growth on top of last year's growth? That's right. And just a good thinning... Uh, pick one up and pick pick out a, a new growth this year and then cut that back a wee bit. And yeah, then...
0: you know, halfway, a third, something like that. Now, they're already leafed out, but don't let that bother you. you would have cut that stuff off anyway. Most people cut them. I cut mine back uh, back in the wintertime. So if they got new growth on them, don't let that bother you. They'll still sprout back out. And if you want to just cut the whole thing down close to the ground and start it all over again and skip this year, that really works too. But, Jerry, what you do is cut it back, and when it sprouts out, Guess about knee high or so. Cut the tips off of that so it bushes out instead of getting tall. And you can have a really cool thick bush next year. You can actually pick.
3: That's that's what I'll do. Uh,
0: thank you so much. Okay. Hey, you gonna paint those things when you're done, or just put them up and cover them up with stuff? I'm just they're curious. In the
3: gar- they're in the garage, Felder.
0: Okay. <laughs> in other words, no. That's <laughs> so, correct. See you, Jerry. Thanks for calling. <laughs> Yeah, You do the garden, I'll do the carpeting. Shut up. Answer my question. I love it. That's great. Now, let's see. We need to go to uh, David, who's calling from Horn Lake. Hey, David, good morning.
3: you doing this morning?
0: So far, so good. What's up?
3: Uh, my sister has multiple sclerosis, and she can't do any yard work. Mm-hmm. She's got some azaleas that have, um, they're over 20 years old. Yeah. They're over seven feet tall, and they're starting, they're, too tall, and they've they've widened out too far. They're fixing. They're yeah. they're uh, overtaking our brick walkway.
5: Yeah, yeah. My
3: question to you is: How, when is the best time to prune them, and how can I? Butch them all to heck, or i got to do light pruning.
0: No, no, no. You can cut azaleas, and I've done this myself many times. It's, you know, it's not some book-learning thing here. Uh, you can cut them back to a foot, foot and a half, two feet tall, trunks as big around as your leg, and they'll sprout back out. It'll take them uh, four, five, six weeks for the new growth to come out, and she's going to be hollering at you you know but if you cut them back really really hard when the new growth does come out it's real important david to snip the tips off of it before it gets too tall so it bushes out instead of shooting up over the eaves of the house see so if you're going to prune them hard come back and prune them again light and don't do any pruning past about the middle of july or so so the new growth will have time to set buds for next year so you can prune them hard pretty pretty much as soon as you get around to it the sooner the better after they get through blooming Tip prune the new growth in June, early July, and they'll be nice and compact and full of flowers next year.
3: Do I need to fertilize them after I I budge? Well,
0: really, that's that's a good question. But really, you're cutting the top off, but they're still going to have massive roots. So those roots are going to over – they're going to force that new growth to really jump. So I wouldn't fertilize them this year. They're going to have plenty of stuff uh, to – in other words, they're going to have a lot more root and fertilizer than they need this first year.
3: Okay, thank you so much.
0: Okay, and uh, to your sister, we said hey. Uh, Hi, have a good day. All righty. Okay, let's go to Marema now. Hey, Marema, calling from uh, Purvis? Yes. Good
4: morning, Felder.
0: Good morning. What's up?
4: Uh, We have uh, some potato plants. We already planted, like, I don't know, a month, two months ago, and they are about one feet tall. What are we doing? You mentioned something that we have to cover them?
0: Yes, you do. You need to get some dirt or some leaves or some pine straw or something and fill them all the way up to the very top of the leaves to where just the very tip-tops are showing because the potatoes grow on the stem, not the roots. And if, it's, if the stem's green and get sunshine, it won't make potatoes. you got to make them grow the stems in total darkness. So either dirt or compost or potting soil, or leaves, or bark, or something like that. But cover them up with you know at least seven or eight inches, where just the tips of the leaves are sticking out. All
4: right, thank you so much, soldier. Have a beautiful summer. Thank and you. Free, okay, Bye-bye. I
0: appreciate that. Thank you for calling. We appreciate it. All righty, let me see. Uh, we've got now Summer from Mobile. Hey, Summer. Hey. Howdy. Good morning. What's up?
4: So I've been wanting to get some wisteria, and I've, so I've been doing some research on it, and I've seen that there are two different varieties, one from North America, one from Asia. And I was wondering if I, if you could help me like, be able to tell the difference so I will know what plant to get the cuttings from.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's break it down to three different kinds. There's purple and white which are both going to be Asian. That's the kind you see all over the place, the purple ones and a white ones. And there's some varieties of them, but in general, if the soul is wisteria, it's going to be the Asian kind. It comes in either purple or white. But there's a, a native one called, uh, I can't remember the, the whole Latin name of it, but the cultivar name is Amethyst Falls, and it is a wonderful plant. It's not vigorous. It's not invasive. It blooms often on pretty much all summer is much tidier plant. But the one <laughs> well yeah. Well look for the one called Amethyst Falls. And uh it's 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 a native one. I can't just can't remember the Latin name off the top of my head. But uh it's a great it's a it's a whole lot tidier for most gardens. The the purple kind that you see uh, growing along the roadside, it's a good one, but it's a real thug.
4: Yeah I've heard that.
0: I mean, it's not bad. A lot of people say you shouldn't plant it, and I'm thinking they shouldn't They shouldn't stay out of my business. But I guess along <laughs> the roadside, it causes problems. In the yard, you can keep it pruned and all like that. If you want it to have to grow up and over an arbor or something, you know, really cover it, you know, go with the you know, the, the, the Asian kind. But if you're just growing something for some flowers that cascade down on a small arbor, amethyst fall is the way to go. Okay. You might be able to get that at plant sales in the Mobile area, so stay tuned for that. They have some great, great plant sales there.
4: I'll be looking
0: out. Okay. Good luck on it, Summer. Thank you. All righty. Now, let's slide up to uh, over the, uh, the coast a little bit across the state line to Pascagoula. Hey, Brenda, good morning.
5: Hi. Um, I spoke to you last week regarding um, planting my dogwood in, mm-hmm. in the swamp. Right. I did what you said. I, the only thing I could not do was get um, dogwood okay. dirt. So, um, well, you I got, just you, wanted to You got plant. time to
0: do that. You got time to do that. Just sometime in the next month or two.
5: Okay. Um, I did want to give you an update that I amended how it was planted and I am getting tiny little leaves coming out. So I'm happy that it's not dead. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, uh, <laughs> And it seems to be doing okay. So how, how, I'll wait a yeah. while. How,
0: how tall? How tall is this plant, Brenda? Oh, let's see.
5: It's probably about, about eight to ten feet. It's Ooh. been in a huge pot on my uh, on my
0: patio. Yeah, that's uh, that's an awfully big dogwood. The bigger they are, the harder the time they have to to survive. So, anyway, oh, if dear. you want a dogwood down the road, you know, get you a little one, and put it by the big one, and if they both live. That's great. But uh, smaller ones, you know, knee-high, waist-high, that's about as big a dogwood as I would recommend because in the best of conditions, dogwoods have about a 50-50 survival rate across the south, and that's according to Southern Living Magazine.
5: Okay.
0: uh, And You know, while while I was walking the other day, I was walking back uh, uh, after the program, and I slapped myself on the head, and I should have recommended another plant. If the dogwood, for some reason, doesn't make it, there's a plant that grows in the swamps, around Pascagoula. Uh, that's a native plant. It has beautiful white flowers, and it has fruit. It's called mayhaw, i I've heard a, of that. It is a great native plant, beautiful flowers, maybe as showy or more than dogwoods, and it it won't grow except in kind of wettish-type areas.
5: Okay. So, uh, one more question. Should I cut my current dogwood back after it? Hopefully. <laughs> it
0: uh, it would be better for it if you do, you know, because, uh, again, a big, tall dogwood is iffy at best. You know, I mean, I, I've been working with dogwoods my whole career. And of all the trees that, that I get calls about that don't make it, dogwoods top the list. Because okay. they don't have a really strong root system like other trees. So a little one does a better chance. Uh, adding some dogwood dirt helps but again, if it, and you can cut it back if you want to. It'll sprout back out. But if you well, get a should, chance, find a mayhaw.
5: Okay, look, uh, should I? Um, oh, I forgot my question on
0: what. <laughs> well, so you said, I, I had a head slapping moment last week about your yeah. mayhaw, and you're having one now.
5: Yes, I am. We're even. Thank you so much. You're very informative. <laughs> okay. I really
0: appreciate it. Okay, that. okay Brenda. You. And uh, anytime you have some more, call back or shoot me an email.
5: Oh, I will.
0: I'll probably be every Friday calling you. <laughs> well, be nice. Okay, I will. Thank you. <laughs> okay, I still can't get over that. Jerry said, "Just you, you do the, you do the guardian shop feller." Answer He he must not be having a good day, or else he's a real plain spoken guy like me. But brother, I appreciate you calling me out. I'm horticulturist feller Rushing. We've got a guy on the road. We're going to be talking about uh, elephant ears in just a second. If you have questions during the week, shoot me an email, garden at org. Hope to see some of y'all at the Kiln Library this Friday today at 6 or the Bay St. Louis Library at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning or at the Max in Meridian with the Plant Swap a week from tomorrow. We're going to have a lot of... And there's other events going on. We're going to be talking about those uh, uh, next week. So anyway, Horticulture's fell to Rushing. Me and Java Chapman, Kevin Farrell, having a little fun, whooping it up. We'll be right back with more of the Gestalt Gardener right after this.
2: Hi,
3: this is Bill Ellison, host of Grassroots on MPB. Few artists have had greater influence on American folk and acoustic music than guitarist Doc Watson. Doc was part of the 1960s folk revival. He was also a star of the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band's early 70s classic Will the Circle Be Unbroken album. And he's in the Bluegrass Music Hall of Fame. Doc is also a frequent guest in the Bluegrass Cabin. So come see us on Grassroots Saturday night at 8 on MPB Think Radio
0: all righty folks welcome back i want to give a shout out to stephen flood he caught me on the way i was walking in this morning he came running out with a tray full of sunflower seedlings he got kind of long and leggy while he was working out on the on the coast and i told him put them out in the sunshine the seedlings need real sunshine they need real humidity they need cool temperatures this is what makes them sturdy and stocky and all instead of all floppy and leggies uh, anyway stephen shout out to you and uh jerry if uh you need to holler at somebody about me giving the wrong advice on gardening, call Fix-It 101. They're on uh, here on MPB, and they know a lot more about b- building and hammering and stuff like that than I ever will. Let's talk to Gavin now. Gavin, you've been he- holding on. You've been on the road. What's going on?
3: How are you this morning?
0: So far, so good. What's up?
3: That's good. Uh, so my grandmother has some rather large elephant ears in the flower bed outside of her uh, front door. Uh-huh. And... I really want to I really want to know how to trim them back without just absolutely massacring them. Yeah. And maybe keep them a little smaller than, you know, the size of a grown man. Yeah.
0: <laughs> let, let me ask this game. There's two basic I mean there's lots of different varieties, but there's two basic kinds of elephant ears. Those that sort of spread a little bit and their their leaves point down and some that that make a clump and they get upright and the leaves point upward. You know which one yes. she's got?
3: Uh, i I believe these are the ones that that point down because yeah. i mean they're they 're just enormous, and yeah. you know they they stay kind of close together,
0: yeah, but they 're coming out of the ground, not off a little trunk type thing right yes sir yeah there's not much you can do except cut them off i mean i'm I'm serious about it because you know, now there are dwarf varieties if it's it 's a real pain. You know, then, then you know, you could dig them up and move them someplace or, or you know, put one of the smaller varieties there. She really likes elephant ears. The upright kind, uh, d- d- uh, I can't remember, alocasia, colocasia, I can't remember. Upright kind of stays in, you know, it doesn't flop over onto the sidewalk. And that's the kind that I grow because I ain't got time to to, to do that. So, anyway, not, nothing you can do other than cut off the individual leaves as needed. Uh, well,
3: that's uh, all right then. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, by the way, I took a picture of a lady's garden up at the Delta. She she spray paints her favorite NASCAR driver numbers on the elephant ears.
3: That does not surprise me. <laughs> we're actually headed to the Delta this morning. We're going to Clarksdale.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're going right through there. Tell the folks that shack up in, I said, hey. But, no, there's, yes, there's not much you can do except cut off the, the leaves that are in the way and leave the rest of them, like plucking eyebrows. Tell your mom it's like plucking eyebrows. You could just t- pull a few of them.
3: Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. Good
0: luck. I appreciate it, Gavin. Hug your mom. Okay, now let's go to Port Gibson. Hey, Collie. Good morning.
4: Good morning, Felder. What's up? Um, I'm calling to ask you about the Japanese rose plant, Caria japonica.
0: Yeah, great, great little old-fashioned pass-along plant.
4: Yes. Do you know where I could buy one? Well, you're in Port Gibson.
0: I'd be Uh real surprised. They're just starting to bloom now. They bloom Mm -hmm. during and after azaleas. I'd be real surprised if you didn't ride around town and could see some in somebody's yard, and they will give you a piece because they spread by little short runners. So you can root it? Or just dig up a piece of it. Like to say, you know, they, they, they spread like a little, you know, they have shoots coming up from the ground with their own roots. And if you find uh-huh. somebody's got one, then, uh, you know, a piece is coming up beside it. Cut it back to about a foot tall and just dig it up, roots and all, and it'll branch out and do great next year.
4: Okay, but would I be able to get one at a nursery say in Jackson?
0: Probably not. Uh, Carrier is a great old fashioned one. And by the way, there're lots of different kinds. There's single ones, there's double ones, there's, you know, it's it's real popular in 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 English and uh, Pacific mm-hmm. Northwest and in other guards. Here we just have the plain old double. They call it Yellow Rose of Texas by the way. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, it's not not a rose, but Yellow Rose of Texas is Carrier. But um, uh, you know, you can get them online. And -hmm. uh, and get get some cool varieties, but, you know, I don't know of any garden centers that sell them because, quite put it simply, they don't look good in a pot, and so garden centers can't sell them.
4: Right. Okay. Well, Um, I will uh, go try to – but I steal it, a little
0: piece. No, 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 no. Let's ca- let's <laughs> call liberating. If you'll get in touch with the garden club there, I guarantee you one of going to have this because it's this a classic plant for mm-hmm. small towns like Port Gibson, mm-hmm. and there'll be somebody a master Here's gardener. A
4: beautiful one that I've seen, but it I, will,
0: uh, it will <laughs> have little small circles at the base, and if you if you if you if you act act right, she'll give you a piece of it. Okay, good luck on it. I'm Horticulture's Felder Russian. We've been talking about gardening here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Java Chapman in there, uh, pulling me back from the fire every now and then. Kevin Farrell greeting the folks and that little coffee machine's been perking late, and it's between it and the and the uh antihistamines. I'm starting to feel pretty good. So anyway, I'm gonna go up to the down to the Kiln for a talk at the library at six tonight and Bay St. Louis for the library talk at ten in the morning and I'm gonna be uh, boodling all up and down the road learn, learn, looking for ways to get out of my yard without having to wear a mask and do what I do best and encourage my neighbors to do and that's to get dirty I'm a horticulturist, Felder Rush we'll be back same time,
5: same place next week right here on MPB